Welcome to the A-Dub Club, a podcast about sci-fi, fantasy, technology, pop culture, the internet, and general nerdery. There are three things that are important to know. One, we occasionally use swear words, but try to stay in the range of PG-13, or at least the kind of R that cool parents are fine with. Two, we may talk spoilers. In this particular episode, we discuss, once again, how we're dealing with the global coronavirus pandemic. A year in this time. Uh, though, we actually recorded this way back on April 4th, so sorry about that. Uh, and finally, three, most importantly... The current oldest woman in the world, at least as of the time that I'm recording this intro, is Jean Calment. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, who is 122 years old and 164 days. With that out of the way, welcome to the clubhouse. We have snacks. Welcome to the Eight of Club. I'm Andrew Whipple. Hi, I'm Alex Lee. And this is, we got to just get right on into it because what I would be saying is going to be the question anyway yeah. on this, our third in what is now a series of quarantine casts where uh, the first one was what, a year ago called Armchair yeah. Epidemiologist. And then we did a follow up six months later called Shame Memes. And then here we are. Who knows what the title might be? You do. You're seeing this in a podcast player. I, we don't yet because it'll be something funny that one of the two, well, funny is a stretch. It'll be something that one of the two of us <laughs> says over the course of the next, I don't know, hour and change. Uh, but yeah. where the question for all three of these episodes is, how are you doing? Yeah. In this moment, like this very moment, good. Okay. But. Also, in the past week, very, very bad. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so my my dog, uh, she died. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. That was, uh, that was pretty hard. Yeah. Um, how long did you have her? Or how old was she, I guess? She yeah. So she was... 14 or 15 oh my gosh yeah she i mean she was she was really old and she she lived like many more years than cavaliers normally live Mm. um and you know she died uh pretty pretty peacefully in her sleep Mm. the doctors actually at the time were uh she was snoring extremely loudly which is what she does Mm -hmm. uh and they were concerned and we're like should is this is something going on with the dog right now because she's snoring so loudly yeah. uh i was like nope that's that was just Allie, and uh that's been pretty hard for me um and especially during like during quarantine there's this sense of like everything is happening in the same spot and like i'm in my apartment i'm in my new apartment which i've been here for about two months now um and it's like Friday, I was like pacing around, crying and feeling horrible, and like that was right there, like five feet away from me, you know. Oh wow, interesting. And, yeah, and then there's also this sense of like I had people over to my apartment, people who are in my bubble, for the most part. Like first time I had had people over in my new apartment, and like I can see all like smiling faces and happy people also five feet away from me as they're like commenting about like, Oh, my beautiful flowers that match my curtains. And it's like all here, you know? 
that to get real heavy real quick from the start of the episode. Hell yeah, let's get into it. Uh, that wow, yeah, that's an incredible observation. That uh, and I think partially why I haven't thought about that in terms is there haven't been as acute moments of badness in in my year of the yeah. pandemic, <laughs> fortunately, um, and so in. It's similar, but it's been in more of, in my case, it's more of a suffused, things are mostly at a meh level with some like good things that are happening, which is, feels more, things feel more samey. And therefore, the fact that the same space feels samey is not as surprising as the same space being a big high, like of oh my gosh, I get some sense of normalcy and fun and joy that I get from being able to yeah. have friends over for the first time in a year or first time in this new space. And the uh, obvious huge lows of hearing that news and having to uh, react to that. Plus, I'd imagine, though, correct me if I'm wrong, coupled with the fact that like this is a new space and so these are like the yeah. first moments <laughs> and the first memories that are being imprinted on this physical location. Yes. That sameness you were talking about up until like, you know, a week ago, I would have totally have been 100% on board with with that sensibility. And then also like this apartment that I just got, like I, so my former roommate, um, he had all of our furniture and all of our everything, which was great when I was living with him, but now it means I have to buy everything new. It's, it has been it's been weird to like see it grow and like see it change of like, Oh, this is a place that has like, I have three boxes here and I have my desk, my old crappy chair and my computer. And that was it. And then now I have like my couch, I have a carpet, I have a thing for my chair to roll on. Now I bought a painting. It's like, it's like slowly getting built up. And so that sameness of like, oh, I just moved in here to like, oh, now I have like reasonableness amount of stuff. And then also big life events happening all at once. Because like for me, the sameness of like living at home, because I, I lived at home for nine months, uh, was I very much identify with that of like doing the same thing day in, day out. So I was like slowly improving and building good habits and stuff like that. But it was very much like, this is my cocoon space. This is This is what I'm doing in my childhood home. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I guess adjacent to that of like dealing with grief during the pandemic oh, um, and yeah. like how, how I, how I interact with people pre pandemic versus now. And like, I very much scheduled my life around getting to hang out with people and like, and by, by that, I mean, like I would schedule classes with people and like, oh, that would be a lot of my socialization was just going to these classes, hanging out with them. And then, oh, from there, you know, hey, let's go grab a beer on a weekend or something, mm, right? Yeah, yeah. And like now, can't do that. And like Zoom is just also not the same thing. Totally. And uh, like Friday for me was was a really bad day. Like my dog died on Thursday and I didn't hear about it till, well, so I knew she was in the hospital Wednesday um, and Thursday. And then Friday, my, my parents called me um, and Friday was just very bad for me for, for a lot of other reasons as well. And if I had like either gone to work or uh, seen people on Friday, like that would have been incredibly beneficial mm. to me. I, I did reach out to some people uh, earlier in the day, 
And like, that was incredibly helpful to talk to these people. Uh, but like, if I hadn't done that, if I had just like stayed in my cocoon of sadness, it would have been very different. And like, if I didn't force myself to go out to Central Park to just walk around, I could, I could very easily see myself like, I mean, I did spiral for, for most of that day. Yeah. And I'm obviously still very much dealing with a lot of the grief. Of course. And like seeing my friends last night was was immensely helpful and just getting to like talk to other people and to bounce bounce stuff off of other people to help deal with that grief versus like being by yourself and alone uh is you know a lot harder. Yeah. I think that makes total sense. Yeah, grief in this very weird year is a unique thing that I think that like people who have gone through it understand it and people who don't can intellectualize it, but it's yeah, you don't, yeah. You don't know it till you till you deal with it. I think it's also the sense of people there are a lot of people who are using that as like bullshit excuses mm. uh, to like like this is a reason why there shouldn't be any shutting down of society at all is because we haven't considered a single possibility of of oh increase in loneliness and domestic abuse and all this other stuff that is you know i presume increasing i haven't actually checked the data on it but i i it's probably increased mm -hmm. uh, but there are a lot of people who are like anti-maskers or anti-shutting down of society that are using that as like but what about this therefore we should all go back to bars now yeah. um and so I think when people hear that, people use that as a shitty excuse. And then so people also use that as a heavy thing to bounce off mm -hmm. of uh, for like, oh, that's what you're saying. You sound like one of those anti-maskers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. This is this year has been a it has been a, a masterclass in motivated reasoning uh, across yeah. across many different <laughs> people of like, OK, what is my position? And therefore, what is the examples and the arguments and the things that I can use to back solve my way into uh, justifying that position uh, yeah. for, for, <laughs> for better and for worse? I mean myself guilty of that as well i mean a thing that i think the um definitely i'm not in quite the same positive position that i was in six months ago in our last episode where we were more or less pretty cheery about things but you know overall i think i'm someone who uh, has done better with the isolationy bits of the of the pandemic and a huge part of that though is that like this is the kind of thing that i'm prep primed to be able to handle relatively well and some element of it is definitely motivated reasoning of like okay i have an excuse now to say no if people invite me to do things or if people say hey yeah. you want to travel out for blah 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 um or or whatnot and you know being able to leverage the excuse or it's less, hey, this is a terrible sacrifice that I'm making and more here's a thing I kind of would want to do anyway um, yeah. or kind of would fall into this pattern anyway. And now I have an epidemiological excuse to, to, to toss behind it in addition to also being, you know, a scaredy cat. Yeah. And then there's, uh, there's uh, so a little bit further than that. Uh, and so last night, for example, I had my friends over who are all in my bubble mm -hmm. per se. And then my neighbors, who I have not met yet, who I've, I've like, I talked to them maybe twice now on like very random occasions. They, they're in fact, one of the times was I was not, I knocked on their door because I had a weird smell coming from my oven. Turns out I just don't know what gas smells like and that's fine. It was not gas. Um, 
I knocked on the door, said, "Hey, there's this weird smell," and they're like, "Oh, we'd open the door, but we have COVID." Oh. Um, and that, was, that was literally a month ago. And then yesterday, they heard that I was having people over. Uh, they actually came over and like they knocked on our door, on my door, and then they kind of they didn't the, like I I had them in to see the apartment, mm-hmm. but I didn't really intend to be like come join our gathering. Oh yeah, but eventually they started chatting and like we started chatting and like I felt guilty because I didn't tell my friends of like, hey, these people are coming in and COVID like, do, is that okay? But it just also kind of happened. Uh, and yeah. like, like it got to a point was like, oh, they've already walked in here and we've been breathing for a bit now. And I haven't like jumped on them for like being in my apartment, sure. but also they're my neighbors. So like we've probably interacted in the same spaces for a while now but also not really um and then eventually like like the ship had sailed uh and you know we we hung out for the night and it was great and it was cool um but i don't know they were strangers Mm -hmm. but also they're my neighbors Mm -hmm. and it's like it's hard to i don't know if i feel comfortable with what happens yeah you know I feel that I'd be similar ish story of uh, last weekend, actually. Um, There's parts of it that I feel okay with parts of it that I, well, actually, overall, I pretty much feel okay with everything. But it's the stuff that the year ago me would have yelled at me for. Um, But it's I think it's, I I don't know, interesting. I mean, hey, we can we can unpack it more. Uh, Anyway, uh, my great grandma turned 100 last weekend. um, Yes, which is awesome and great. And Hey, that doesn't happen all the time. Um, and uh, so we ended up, me and all my siblings ended up flying out uh, to Seattle. And then a bunch, everyone else who was in town also sort of came in. And one, I flew into Seattle for a weekend, which totally would be a thing that a year ago I would have been like, no, I wouldn't feel like doing. Um, and two, like we had a party for her 100th birthday party and a lot of and a lot and it was like most of my mom's side of the family that lives in seattle was there so it was probably like 15 20 people um mostly indoors without masks um (laughs) which wow yeah right right um which isn't the first so um the, the i'd say this is the second actively very risky thing that i consider that I've done in the pandemic. Yeah. The first one was when I was home um, in uh, for maybe I cut this out because I think my grandma actually listens to this, um, <laughs> or at least she said that she was the one who listens to this podcast. Hmm. We'll we'll yeah. see. Um, but uh, when I was home for uh, for Chris, for like I went home for six weeks. Um, uh, oh, that's a whole other thing that we can talk about because that was the thing that I did uh, since the last time we recorded. But when I was home in Seattle for the holidays, um, went over to my cousin's place. My cousin is, is living over in Bellevue. Um, and then and my other cousin all went there and like indoor six person got really drunk, hang out and, and get dinner in a you know small apartment kind of thing. Um, and I totally intended at the beginning. It's like, all right, I've got my mask. I even said at the beginning, it's like, Hey, I'm going to mostly keep my mask on if it's fine. And then like no one else was doing it. And by, you know, 20 minutes in, I was like, all right, fine. We're just going to roll with it. And no one got sick. So whatever. 
Um, yeah, it was a it was a weird thing, and, and part of the self justification, same sort of thing that you were talking about around like here are various reasons why it's more okay than it might sound on the tin. Mine, obviously, being a lot more irresponsible than than your case. Um, but a big part of it was like, I mean, the one actual condition I had was like, I am not going to fly out for my great grandma's hundredth birthday party if she is not vaccinated, especially because when we did visit her outdoors over the holidays, she was saying like she wasn't going to get the vaccine. Um, fortunately. She was fully vaccinated, so she got over that. Uh, But like that was my hard condition. But then also, my parents are both vaccinated. Um, Most of my cousins are on their first shot out of two. My grandparents are all vaccinated. My sister actually got her first shot um, because she volunteered at a vaccine clinic down in Texas. Um, And so basically, the people who didn't have the weren't vaccinated were like the kids, and then the people my parents' age who have clearly already been like they you know they threw a no mask christmas party and they've like been going out to bars and stuff like that and stuff like that so it's that sort of made my rationale of like i feel more okay with this by the fact that like the high risk people are vaccinated everyone else this is just one everyone else other than me this is just one of many risky things they've done over the last year therefore the worst if the worst happens is that i get covid Okay, worth say lobby. Yeah. Um, but also a huge, huge part of it was I don't want to be the one person wearing masks at a fifteen-person birthday party for yeah. my grandma's hundredth birthday. And like that was a moment where I was like, "All right, the risk of getting myself sick is fine for the social awkwardness of a couple hours yeah. of fun." And then also now looking back on it, it's still a very risky, dangerous thing. Less risky because the people we would be worried about were all vaccinated. But at the same time, like it was one of the most fun things I've done in a year. And it was really great to do it and to be able to see my cousins again and see my family and, you know, hang out and eat good food and drink and celebrate someone's 100th birthday. But I don't know. I feel weird about it. I feel weird about it. Yeah. And it's it's that hard of like uh, valuing your own mental sanity and like. I mean, frankly, having a good time, which that sounds sarcastic saying those words, but they're not like that's, it's important, you know, <laughs> like the downside though, of all of this is that like right now cases are going way up and I'm sure cases are going way up because a lot of people are making the same calculation that my family did of, oh, yeah. the risky people are vaccinated. We can go, you know, blah, 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 stuff like, like all, literally yeah. every single thing that I walked through is probably something that another party that's happening this weekend um, is thinking through. And again, it's been a week to the best of my knowledge. No one got COVID out of that. Yeah. It's, it's so, I mean, if everyone is making those same, those same, like that's how you get into a situation where the case counts are rising while vaccination is also happening is that like people, you can justify it. And then, but the justification does probably mean that more people are dying somewhere along the lines, not just, and, and the, the thing that would make me feel the most bad about it is the fact, which is the part that's also hardest to ever, since we don't have a contract tracing uh, infrastructure to ever like know is, is it not that, the fact that we had that party got anyone in our family sick is it that it got someone sick that then they got someone else sick that then there was an extra death somewhere along the line that could have been prevented by not having this thing and i don't know but at the same time i kind of have decided that like 
what moral or otherwise i can't wallow in that thought and so i'm just gonna yeah. sort of mostly chalk it up basically everyone that i'm talking to other than you on this recorded podcast is going out to the whole internet theoretically um <laughs> but everyone else i'm talking about it i just say like everyone was back people were vaccinated other than the kids and whatever it's fine um and it was a small party and blah 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 which it was small for our family's size of parties but it was still like 15 people anyway um if you want to if you want to keep it secret just say it on the ada podcast and no one will ever hear it it'll be fine honestly honestly <laughs> you're not wrong <laughs> Shots. Uh, five so listeners. um Two to three of which are definitely different versions of us on different computers. Uh, oh, <laughs> yes. I can tell uh, whenever I go back and re-listen to old episodes, that causes a noticeable and meaningful percentage increase in the number of listeners' downloads to that episode. Um, so the fun thing about this is that it is not, in fact, re- recorded live. This is an edited podcast. So uh, yeah. there's there's some – hey – this episode is about our personal lives, which means there's some stuff yeah. that <laughs> is not going to go out to the internet. So uh, have fun with that. Yeah. Uh, feel free to email us in if you want to ask about our personal lives. And uh, depending how close we are to you, we might inform you. The AW Club what... at gmail.com. Uh, yeah. Twitter at the AW yeah. Club. Also, if you're the kind of person we would ever tell about this, you have our phone number and could just talk to us. Yeah, that too. You know, uh, check in on me. I'd appreciate it. Oh, please. Um, like, half sarcastic, but also, like, please do that. Not, not sarcastic in my case. Actually, okay, um, so for context for the listener, this was going to be the thing that we maybe included, maybe don't include, because I, we talked for half an hour about other personal things and therefore yeah. had, couldn't remember whether there was a clean edit point or not. Um, but this is now inspiring me to say that, like, that that's an interesting... So a thing about the quarantine i think i said it on this episode of like oh the isolation of the pandemic is something that i'm relatively well suited for but also some of it is sort of self-justification for things that i would like you know using a virus as an excuse to not do things that i kind of didn't want to do anyway um uh, i think i started out the pandemic being like this is scary and then sort of fell into i think you could hear it in our six months episode to more of a okay i don't mind this necessarily now, caveat, that was also the six the when we recorded that six months episode was a couple weeks after the first times that I had like gone out to a park with a friend for a birthday party or done outdoor dining or whatever. Um, now I'm in a space where I'm like, not only do I miss people, but I do totally think that I have been leaning too much on the fact that, or, or I have not been putting enough effort as I, sh- as much effort as I should be to uh, make make human contact with people and not just fall into the like, yeah. all right, I can asynchronously tweet an Instagram out into the internet and then have asynchronous conversations with people from time to time, but mostly stay inside and watch Netflix and work. Um, whereas like I, I should be doing more of reaching out to other people or asking other people to reach out to me, which I saw a friend of mine did on Instagram recently of like, and she does it every once in a while of like yeah. a close friends thing of like, hey, I'm having a rough time. If you have my number, please call me um, and stuff like that. But I'm like, that's cool yeah. that you do that. And I and 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 I don't know. I think that definitely the 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 realization. I've always known that I'm someone who like could and should put more effort into reaching outside of my 
not comfort zone per se, but like reaching out to other people because I like doing that, but it's easy to not or easy to feel weirdly burdensome in doing so. Um, the pandemic though, I think has, I've leaned into that way, way more than I should and need to pull myself yeah. out of that. I think I definitely need to do that. Um, I'm going to like look at who's in my close friends now and be like, who do I want to take off this? And like, versus oh. what I want to like, cause I've never used close friends like once or twice, maybe. Um, and I'm trying to think of like, who do I, who, who have I put in here because I feel comfortable posting like, I don't know, pictures of my painted nails on versus like saying something like, Hey, I'm not doing great. Please talk to me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, in, that's interesting. The semiotics of the close friends list is, is interesting of like, how do people define stuff like that? Cause I basically only post on close friends nowadays, but that's because for me, there's the, I have an expansive close friends in that it's basically the close friends is the equivalent of my private Twitter account where it's, these are the things I don't want the whole internet to see, but there is like anyone that is not the whole internet for the most part, I will include on the list, um, including, I'm sure this did not make it into a previous episode, but Hey, whatever, it's fun. Um, some people that I've somewhat passive aggressively included in the close friends list, uh, which is, which is a, a, a fun, uh, Yes. <laughs> Especially, oh, it's so much fun when you passive aggressively include someone in the close friends and then you wait a little bit and then in a week or two, then you start seeing they've added you to the close friends. Chef's kiss. That's internet at its finest. Yeah. I love it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, because I don't have that middle ground of like, of the 30-ish people on my close friends list, not all of them are people that I would, yeah, want to do the like, yo, feeling bad, call me. Yeah. Yeah, and that's hard to... Or that you'd even want to necessarily call me if I was feeling bad, which is a weird thing yeah. to say for a person that you put on your fancy green list. Yeah, for me, my close friends list is still like a new thing. So I'm trying to like see how I feel about it and like what I'm willing to post there versus I'm too self-conscious to post there and like who I'm putting in there, who I think is just like a cool person from my past, who this is my only interaction with them yeah. to like my close friend. Um you know, this yeah. means the fact that we're talking a lot about who is and isn't in our close friends list means we need to fucking get that vaccine as soon as possible and start seeing real people again. Oh <laughs> my god! Like, yes. go, to, <laughs> go to bars and 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 shows and go to office. Yeah. Go to even just go into offices. Oh, speaking of offices, we both have new jobs. Yeah, we last recorded. Uh, that's been something. So for me, that's been very. I I love my job and my company. Um and like the people who I'm working with and it's been fantastic uh like I would say top line is the people who I'm working with and uh the company the work itself software engineering I've always loved software engineering it's great um it's also like I don't know I always describe it as like a a hobby I really enjoy that pays well um Mm -hmm. versus like like my passion is acting you know and like this 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 isn't like just my day job um, I do enjoy it a lot, but the other things for me are more important than the actual work I'm doing, um, which for software engineering specifically, like, I don't think is that common in the field. Like, yeah, people are all like breathing and sleeping, coding, and that is who they define themselves as. Um, whereas like, if you're just at a job somewhere else, like the other fields, 
they can just be jobs, you know, mm-hmm. that you enjoy doing. That like, yeah, the work's good. It's all right. But like, it's a job, you know, versus as a software engineer saying that some people are like taken aback. Exact um, same thing in product management um, in that. And I think some of it is that like, the, there is an element of like ambition that's inherent in the product management job. If the idea is like your job is to make a thing grow that tends to attract people, I think, who are sort of in the mold of thinking about that for themselves. Um, yeah. But yeah, exact same thing of like, I, I'm at my new job, we haven't had any conversations around like goals for the year, or career goals or things like that. Sure. Um, but like, that's always been something that uh, I think was kind of a superpower in project management. And I have kept in product is that like, it is just a job for me in the same way. And that like, especially in project management, especially back when I knew I didn't want, I actually did not want to do project management and wanted to do something else um, sure. before I knew what that something else was. There was that freedom that comes along with it. Like, okay, so if I don't respond to an email at seven o'clock on at, at night, then what are you going to do? Not promote me? Okay. It's the job I don't want anyway. Or what are you going to do? Yeah. Fire me? It's like, okay, I, don't want to do this sure, um, yeah. different now that I actually sure. like product management a lot more than I like project management, but there's still an element of that of like in trying to figure out the company culture, figuring out, is it a culture that jives with me as well as, is it something that yeah. works for, I can make it work for me by acknowledging the fact that like, okay, if I don't get promoted in a year, whatever, or if I, you know, don't rise up the ranks to eventually become a chief product officer somewhere or start my own company it's like great i actively don't want to do that at any point um yeah. which is uh, yeah i think there's i'm in that same boat as you or a similar boat as you around but like yeah. there's something kind of great about a job just being a job especially if you're in yeah. that sweet spot of like you're good at it you like it but it's not your end all be all goal yeah and it's it's even those like uh, I don't know, people ask in interviews, like, what do you do outside of software or outside of your job to like keep up with the biz and stuff that I like, I'm not gonna say I roll my eyes at those questions, but um, they're like, I, I don't do that much. Like yeah. I do a lot at my job of learning specifically, um, but I don't feel the compulsion on my off time to do more work for my job that is also like for my career, you know, mm-hmm. necessarily, but I do really love the company and I love the people. And like, that is, I think more important for me than necessarily the work that I'm doing. Um, because and I say that specifically as an actor and like, as someone who has, I have that somewhere else. Um, I have my passion that I love to do and enjoy doing and I eat and breathe or I try to eat and breathe that it's okay um but a thousand percent agree um in an interesting way uh and here is where i say hey if you are in my management chain at my current company and you somehow manage to find this episode and listen to it it's illegal for you to listen any further you must turn off the episode now and then and not talk anymore um i mean the exact same way as you or i think it's for me it's more the um the culture, the people that you're working with, do I enjoy interacting with them is more important to me than the, especially in product management, the like specifics of the product that I am working on. And I I would also include in that, like, what is the 
working style and the org structure and stuff like that all falls into like the people and the culture and all of that. Um, Part of that is because I think I'm still relatively early in my product career. And so it's like, you can learn from anything um, no matter what the, like everything has interesting problems if you dig deep enough for them. So that's part of why I think I'm a little bit agnostic to that. That was also the same way that I was though with like theater of, I, I acted all throughout high school and then I, auditioned for plays and took acting classes in college and realized and at the same time as i was doing technical theater with the shakespeare company and realized oh i like theater but or it's not that i like acting a lot it's that i like theater and i liked doing theater with this group of people and the way that you did theater with this group of people in high school was by acting and the way that i can do it in college for the group that i found is through tech um, but I was realizing like, oh yeah, the actual work of acting is like, eh, fine, whatever, take it or leave it. This is all very long preamble to say, I'm in that same boat as you, I'm in that same, um, mindset as you. And the problem is that at my current company, uh, or my new company that I'm now about two months in, the product is a lot more interesting than what I was doing before. I don't love the culture yet. And I don't know how much of that is because it's like actually just a different culture that I don't vibe with um, and would never vibe with, or how much of it is starting remote at a new company and that like that's hard and weird, or how much of it is that it's a company going through a lot of growing pains because it is like, you know, the product team, there have been like 10 people added to a team that now totals 30 in the last like two, three months. Most of the people on our team yeah. meetings are people who have been there for about as long as me, if not newer. So maybe it's also that like, it'll start to settle out more once it stops growing quite as fast. So how for your, for you has uh, starting work remotely been? Sucks. It's bad. I don't want it. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I, I recommend it to nobody. I... I agree to a heavy extent, <laughs> um, especially like my first month or so, I guess I've been here for three months now. Um, my first month or so. So first off my team, well, so there's several teams within my, like the org that I'm a part of. Uh, so there, I think there's like six teams of like three to four people big. Uh, and then a couple more like project managers or upper people in addition to that. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like 30 people total around. Um, and this was a new reorg that had just happened. Okay. Uh, so as a new person learning the ropes, there were a lot of like, oh, you're one of the first people who's like learning these new things off of our reorg. Mm. It's like, we're, we're still trying to figure out a lot of things for our own selves, for our own sakes. Yeah. Um, and uh, that for me was something difficult, especially being remote, I think compounded that of like, I don't know what I should be doing right now. I guess I'll just troll the code base a little bit more. Yeah. And I would love to get a project to work on right now, but all the ones that we have right now are either like critical or huge and like mm. not appropriate for me to start work on. Um, I'd, I'd like to work on this system, but we don't have any tasks for that system because after the reorg, like we don't know exactly who's in full charge of that right now um, and what things we actually need done on that. Um it was just like a little bit chaotic at first. Like things have settled down now and like I'm at a point where, oh, I can just go and take a task and start to work on it. And I know like which people I can go to to go talk to. Um, 
which that for something is something that has been great remote working okay. of uh, the ability to people are not in meetings nearly as much, at least as software engineers. Um, and I can go and just say, Hey, are you free for a zoom call? And they're like, yep. Or, Oh, I am in half an hour. And then I can go do my own thing for half an hour and then go and do that. Versus like if I was in an office, I don't know, setting that time for later would be a bit more of a chore. There might be something I start to do in that own time instead of having to go stand up and walk over to their desk. Um, it just feels a lot more accessible to quickly get on a zoom call for my own sake than it has been, uh, I don't know to go ask people questions. I can see that. I think it's the opposite for me in that, or I agree with all of that, but my own personal anxieties around inter-office communication, it's so much easier for me to stand up and yell over a desk at someone or like walk over to someone else's pod and see if they're heads down busy or not and then ask them than it is to like slack a person for a thing or ask to set up a Zoom meeting or stuff like that. So I've kind of found it the opposite, but just in that like I... and, and. the version that I prefer is something that only works if everyone is co-located together, which is not necessarily the case. Actually, will never be the case for my current team, which is split between Chicago and Mexico City. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's yeah, starting remote is bad. Although part of it, I don't want to, th- again, management chain, illegal to listen. Um, if you are hearing me say this, you've already broken the law and will be, will be reported. Um I don't want to throw my boss under the bus too much, um, especially because lovely product manager, I actually worked with her at my previous job and is great. Um, it is definitely the case that like she has been too busy to be a team lead so far, and she has even acknowledged this. But like I do keep sort of pestering every couple of weeks being like, hey... I was asking, could you set up like a team meeting for all the product managers on your team for us to like sync up every couple of weeks yeah. and like so that still hasn't happened ah. and stuff like that. And in particular, because she's ridiculously busy and part of the whole thing of her sure, growing yeah. her team is to make it so she doesn't have to individually manage like 17 different products and she can hand them off to like all manage three of them and someone else will manage three of them and stuff like that. But yeah. at the same time, it means that like, yeah, there definitely has not been much team cohesion so far in the couple months um and we don't get that organically because you know still even if we were in the office i would want us to have those sort of formal structures around trying to build the team together but if you didn't have them at least you're sitting next to each other and go get lunch together or get a drink after work or something like that yeah that's fair and that's uh i don't know I'm, i'm excited to go back to the office i'm also like I think I'll get over it pretty quick and be like, I would love to come into the office one day a week. Yeah. Uh, the first, I feel like the first couple of weeks I'll be, I want to come into the office like two to four days a week. And then I'll want to taper down to, uh, to less than that. And like the, the, the test has been done this year of quarantine was a big test for, can we do it? And I think the answer is yes, we can. Yeah. You know, up to the, the CEOs of the world to to decide that or not. I know the CEO of my company is very against it, but he's like been wishy-washy. Yeah. Um, Same here. Like we'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah. 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 A, a couple thoughts on that um, is it'll be interesting to see what is remote or in general, it'll be interesting to see what remote work looks like when we're not also dealing with a pandemic, um, both in terms of yeah. does that make remote work better? Because like, 
you can everyone is doing it or what? Or, or it, both in terms i think i i can see it going both ways where on the one hand it'll be a lot better to be working remote not during the pandemic because like you can still go out and see people after work and stuff like that and like yeah. have a social life in a way that you can't now at the same time cribbing from cortex what is it going to be like in the world where some people are in the office and some people aren't is that going to make everything like much worse and much more chaotic um, than everybody working yeah. remote then i don't know i could see both ways um i will also say uh to the point of starting a job remote specifically and i think this is also partially me um i did not yeah. realize how much my worth as a product manager was wrapped up in or my self-worth as a product manager was wrapped up in being the person who knows the answers to things and knows how stuff works and has opinions on things um especially because at my previous company that was something even when i was on, when I was on the project management team i found that like same thing with product it's an interdisciplinary role. Different people have different skill sets. One of my genuine skill sets, I think, is I'm really good at like digging out and finding information of like figuring out where is the one half written wiki page that has the piece of info that I need to be able to yeah. do something or finding the undocumented API endpoint that means that I can go find the answer to this thing without having to bug a developer to do blah, 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 yeah. um, is like a genuine skill on my end. What that meant is that over the years, I became the person everyone went to at my previous company for like every, everything. They like, there was a good chance it got, it got a little annoying sometimes, but like there was a good chance that like someone would ask a question in the Slack room, I would be able to answer it. Or I would at least know who's the person who would be able to answer it. Um, and I didn't realize how much that like, yeah, not only is that a skill of mine, but that's a thing that is wrapped up in me feeling like I am a successful product manager in a way that obviously gets reset to zero when you start a new company. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so even now, just a couple months in, I've started to gain a little bit more of that confidence as I've gained more of that knowledge of, you know, being able to respond to a QA engineer's question about blah, blah, blah. I wonder if that's also part of a thing that like, will I feel better about working remotely when I'm at the point in time where I have more confidence in my abilities in the job, especially given that my my sense of confidence is apparently so directly tied to my knowledge of how things work and what's going on. Yeah. That's, that's a hard one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I have gotten to the point where I've already, I am feeling good about the, like there's already stuff that I know that other product managers who have been here longer don't. And have, I've been able to answer questions for them on, on certainly on my own products, but even on a couple other people's products, which is great. Like I'm starting to get them that the, my brain sickness that requires me to be the person who knows everything is starting to be satiated. <laughs> that, that's good. Right, good job. Um, so you, you moved into your new apartment a couple months ago. Yep. Um, how are you liking it overall other than um, it being imprinted with your emotional highs yeah. and lows? <laughs> uh, I, I love it. It's, it's, it's interesting. So it's first off big and maybe too big. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm having this, this sounds like a bad, uh, I don't know what, uh, first world problems, I guess, but, uh, like I'm having trouble decorating it and I'm having like filling it up yeah. and yeah, which is a good problem to have. And like, I'm, I'm at the point now where I have a, a couch, a rug and I have like, enough things that I feel I'm at a good 
stable level where I'm no longer feeling bad about uh, not putting in effort in any given moment towards trying to fix my apartment or like trying to figure out how to decorate it or something, okay. you know? Um, there's still like some some outlying things. I'm like, okay, I, I really, I have one room that I want to dedicate to acting. Yeah. Which I already have like a voice booth that is located there. And like small interruption. Um, yeah. They, I did re-listen to our first quarantine episode from a year ago. Um, and yeah. there's a, we made a joke about like, oh, everyone's talking about how, uh, oh, we have to record from home now and everything sounds bad. And then my joke was, oh, yeah, we, we've always sounded bad and we've always recorded remotely. And then <laughs> you know what your joke was? Your joke was, uh, uh, excuse me, this is, this is our livelihood. This is professionally recorded in my own little home recording studio. <laughs> Et voila. Wait, wait, wait. Was that my first or was that the six months? That was the first one. That was a year ago. That was well before you were starting to actually get into the, oh. the voice the voice acting side of the world. Okay. So that was was that that was me being sarcastic. Oh, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a total joke. And then it's funny. Uh I to be clear, I am not recording inside my booth because I need a chair and also it's very dark in there and my bed is a lot more comfortable also, right now. But also uh, it's I, the Adam Club. We don't we don't, we haven't yeah, hey, absolutely you have to go tell at least one friend about this podcast and get her listenership numbers up to the point where we've earned the right yeah. to have <laughs> Alex Wade record it in his fancy professional sound booth. I, I do use my professional microphone though. So like we've got that going for us at least. Um, yeah, that's hilarious. That's great. And now I'm actually trying to be a voice actor, which is great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's wild. Uh, anyway, uh, your, your apartment with an acting space um, and a sound booth. Yeah. So, but it's, there's also, I'm like considering buying a, like uh, a blue slash green screen, um, like setup and then some lights so I can like make myself look good for self tapes, but also like, is it necessary? Not really, but also it would be so cool to have like a room that is very clearly dedicated to acting. And like right now it's, there's just this big gangly booth that's there. Um, and so if people come over, they're like, oh, this is cool. But also like, it's just kind of there versus if I have like my backdrop and I have the booth, they're like, Ooh, this is, this is clearly your acting area and your art stuff. Um, so if only for that reason, I might be getting uh, a backdrop, but also it's, it it would actually probably be helpful to have backdrop and, and lights and stuff for it. But, um, hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I so I um on that similar topic, I signed a lease for my new apartment. Um this means nothing hey. to anyone other than Alex Wade, but it is the one that I sent you the link for last time. Um yes. uh and it uh I actually so I my leases are overlapped, so I started moving some stuff in um whatever the first this weekend basically. But I it's a two bedroom and so same I am dedicating one of the bedrooms to be sort of like the office and stuff like that, partially for work from home stuff. Cause there, I, I can't imagine that I won't still be working from home some percentage of the time, even post vaccine. Um, but same sort of thing. Our CEOs have been cagey about what the actual game plan will be. Um, but yeah, same sort of thing of like, okay, I'll also, I can move my music stuff in there. Hey, I could move some yeah. of my woodworking stuff in there and have that as a little like, mini mini spot for things like that i'm actually trying to decide right now there's a smaller bedroom and a bigger bedroom and obviously my assumption was small bedroom will be the office big bedroom will be the bedroom the big bedroom has so much more lighting and so i'm kind of tempted to be like 
I'll be asleep most of the time I'm in the bedroom and I'll be awake most of the time I'm in the office. So should I actually make the bigger, brighter one the the office and then the smaller That's one what the I bedroom? Did. So I don't know. I yeah. will not be fully moved in for at least a couple more weeks. Um, I'm sort of considering yeah. – I'm scheduling it around the day when I'm switching the internet over because that's the day that's like, all right, once the internet switched over, I have to start working from there, um, which means yeah. I should also be mostly living from there. So I don't have to – it's about two miles away, so it's not a terrible – You know, it's like a 15-minute bike ride or like a 5-10 minute drive to – get between the two places. But yeah, my my new apartment is interesting and I'm excited to be moving into it. It's interesting. I um I I mean both of us new apartments, new jobs. Not a new neighborhood in my case, um but you know, a different area of the neighborhood. Um I'm wondering how many people are like gonna, you know, have other various life changes that that come about as a result of this weird stressful year. Yeah. It's, it's certainly been like, for, for me, I don't, I don't know. I've, I have had so many life changes that have been great and fantastic. Like even moving to Brooklyn, like I wasn't sure I was originally going to be moving to Hell's Kitchen, which I know it's all New York city, but it's like not at all. It's, it's, I don't know, there's about 10 million people in New York city. Yeah. Um, and these are entirely different areas. And like, I am loving Brooklyn and it feels so different than Manhattan truly. And like right now, outside my window uh every other week during the summer in, in the pandemic they close down the street and people just go out and like have picnics Ooh. and like that's something in manhattan that would never happen that's insane it's like are you kidding me that's so cool uh and it's 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 nice and sunny out there's a park nearby i love brooklyn yeah um, that's awesome i'm wondering in my own case which curious what your thoughts are on this because your experience is definitely a little bit different um we also both were in seattle for a a some sort of sizable chunk of time over the course of this year but it's interesting that like that six week period of the first time in the quarantine where i'm in a different environment and doing something different and living in a, a place with other people and seeing other people regularly it's like that was the point in time that inceptioned the whole like okay maybe we want to take this new job when i was getting offers for yeah. it or like maybe i do i guess i had already talked about potentially wanting to move but like that's definitely when i started thinking more about it didn't hurt that the new job paid would have paid more money and therefore would have sure. like made it more viable to move to a nicer bigger apartment but uh that like yeah is how much of all of this if i hadn't gone spent six weeks in seattle over the holidays would i still be in my current apartment and in my current job or my current apartment old job and i don't know the answer to that but i could somewhat reasonably see the answer being like yeah maybe you would still just be in stasis yeah i mean so for me you you say in stasis and like that that very much describes like what my life was like uh pre-pandemic mm-hmm. and I, mean, I was taking classes and like I had a I hopefully had a an agent's showcase thing that was a culminating of like a two-year class I was going to do but outside of that like acting I was not pushing that hard I was I was giving maybe like 60 to 70 percent um because that that class was like 10 to 15 hours a week or mm-hmm. something so like it was a lot but it, it wasn't what I felt like I could actually give um, and since the pandemic started, like I moved home, uh, I lost my job, which was a good thing at the time. 
And like, you know, I started working on myself, building better habits uh, in general. And uh, one of the things I started really working on was like, oh, trying to find ways to push for acting stuff and how to start doing that more. And like now I feel like I've been pushing so much harder, um, even though I'm in a similar situation of like, I have a full-time software engineering job, but I am giving that extra mile to push in that way and like go out on auditions to to go and take, I'm taking more classes. I'm actually starting a new class tomorrow. Um, I've built out my voice booth and I bought this new mic and stuff like that, that I felt like I was in stasis before. And like right now during the pandemic, there are times when it feels like I'm not making any traction. Uh, But you know, that's just the nature of things. And there are a lot more days now that feel like I'm doing stuff then there are days that I feel like I don't, um, which is a good feeling. Okay. So a preamble and then a question. Preamble is for this question, we are going to entirely remove any conception of the fact that, or any acknowledgement of the fact that the pandemic was bad for people and bad for humanity. (laughs) And a lot of people died. And like, that's genuine, real suffering and tragedy that exists and is valid, but we are going to completely excise that for the purposes of this question of, on balance, Alex Wade, do you think that you are doing better now than you were (sighs) pre-pandemic? That's a very interesting question. A week ago or two weeks ago, I would have absolutely unquestionably said yes. Um, I would say overall, yes. Uh, I think there are some recent issues that have cropped up in my life that are very specific to like right now um, that I talked about with you in our part that we cut out of the podcast. Like in those specific ways, no. But in almost every other way in my life, like, yeah. Except romance, besides that oh, one as God. well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole yeah, yeah, yeah. What a um but I would I would say on the whole, like yeah. Yes. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Interesting similarity actually that I could kind of say that on overall I think I'm more muted. I think but definitely right now I feel like the answer is Yes, from an external perspective, no, from an internal perspective, where it looks like things are going well, new apartment, nicer apartment, car, new job, higher paying job, growing startup, all sorts of that fun stuff. Um, I feel worse, and in particular over the last couple months, I've been in a much more of a funk than I think I was previously. I think a lot of that has to do with how rough it's been starting the new job. Um, and especially in a world where that's the primary thing that you do, uh, because we're in a pandemic that I think has had an outsized impact on my own, you know, well-being. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, I think I have not been doing great for the last like month-ish, but is that a thing that's like going to change as the job yeah. changes or as now, you know, is it that, is it that I am set up to be a better and more fulfilled person once I can then interact with people in public again um which is totally possible but i don't know i don't know it's 
it was it was something for me of uh something that also i've had trouble with like recently moving back to new york city i looked at my time at home in seattle i've probably said this 50 times on the podcast but i'll say it again that was very much like a cocoon time for me mm-hmm. and building up all this stuff for my own self um and then now that i moved back uh something that i'm coming to realize honestly uh, a bit of like right now in this podcast of like it's still a bit of cocoon time Ooh. it is still like it's even that like even though i'm no longer living at home with my parents like and i thought of that the thing of like me moving back to new york city is gonna be the time when i explode like the beautiful butterfly that i am and it has it has been that a little bit more more than a little bit a lot like i i feel like i've progressed in so many ways since coming to new york city but then there are other ways that I expected to progress harder and more so um, that due to the pandemic, like haven't happened. And so I need to like temper my expectations a little bit more uh, in that regards. Interesting. I could see that. Yeah. There were still that the part of the cocooning was the, I'm at home with my parents and my familiar childhood house and, and sort of, you know, living the, looking for jobs who don't have the job yet but the, also part of the cocooning was we're in a global pandemic and there's yes. that severely limits <laughs> your abilities to do things if you're going to be at all responsible yeah. which i think both of us are potential super spreader event at a hundred birthday party <laughs> notwithstanding sure. um yeah yeah that's interesting and okay we actually did kind of just brush past it and while we're acknowledging the fact that we're going to cut things out of the episode, you know, it's also probably not something that we're going to talk too in-depthly broadly, though you can listen to, uh, fuck, what was the name of the episode? Why do people play, play the player of games? That's what I called it. Uh, the, why do people play games in romantic relationships? Um, episode. Um, if you want to hear more about us talking about romance, um, but to say that, like, let's not toss off the fact that like romantically not great because we're in a pandemic and I am not good at, you know, maintaining text-based romantic experiences and I'm bad at like the apps and all of that and things like that. So like that fucking sucks and has been getting to me more and more now with, you know, it being a year, Valentine's Day being recent, a lot more people posting about their like anniversaries or, yeah, you know, <laughs> what, how great it's been to quarantine with you for a year and stuff like that. Oh, that's the, that's the worst. Like, I, that is... I appreciate it, and I, 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 yeah, I love love. I love love, but also. Um, it also hasn't helped that, like, I watched I watched Chicago again recently, which is just, like, an entirely oh. too horny movie to watch while you're in a yeah. pandemic. Or I watched, I, for the first time, finally watched uh, In the Mood for Love, which is an entire movie all about, like, uh, these the two people in 60s Hong Kong who like are on the precipice of starting a relationship and on the precipice of touching each other and kissing each other and then never yeah. make quite do it and I'm like oh this was a bad choice to watch during a it's, year in terms actually of the coronavirus so that, pandemic. It's, that's actually something interesting for me specifically of I've I've been in, in therapy for about almost two years now um, I don't know if I've ever mentioned that but I, I'm I'm at the point now in my confidence of my mental health in doing therapy that I'm mentioning on the podcast yeah. but um yeah but that was something that i like had been working on of like of asking girls out in general and like pushing in that way um and most mostly during the pandemics like when that like started to like actually working on that even though i definitely had that issue before the pandemic mm-hmm. too um and like recently it started to like I've started to like make progress in that way in what ways that I can Hell, like yeah 
I have. And like, that has been great. There hasn't been any success yet, but like I, I went to a small rooftop gathering um, that uh, felt relatively safe um, with most of the people who were already in my bubble. Um, and there was a, there was a girl there who like I was talking to for a bit and I was hitting on her and like, I asked her for her number Then she had a boyfriend, which is fine. Um, but like, I would have never have asked a girl for her number. I mean, maybe not never, but like, it would have been very unlikely that I would have asked a girl for her number so casually too. And like, so off the cuff and anxiety free which has like been great. So like, again, cocooning for when the pandemic's over, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going to, it's going to be great mm-hmm. and everything's going to be fine. And I'm not going to be alone. <laughs> as sad as that sounds. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Everyone don't worry about it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not great. It's not great. Oh, but I have, I have feel like I have worked on those skills. That is, yeah. That's great. That I'm like, a big fan of. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I haven't, I should have, or it's been in the same sort of thing that I was talking about around the like, oh, I should take advantage of the fact that this sucks to do the reaching out to people that will make it suck less and instead taking the like, or the easier path is just to lean into um, the the isolation of it. And and same is true on the romantic front. Yeah. One thing I will say on the subject of movies, um, I'm looking at my letterbox list and I have watched uh, 235 movies since I've considered the start of pandemic quarantine time okay anything else of the last six months that would be worth talking about interesting yeah last six months sounds like june uh like august september ish i think um i mean we could talk about the pandemic <laughs> that's true that's an option <laughs> that's an option we could at some point talk about the pandemic in this pandemic check-in yeah something else i wanted to talk about was uh feelings about the pandemic right now and like how how it feels around uh like when we're going to be getting back to quote unquote normal or mm-hmm. when we're going to be getting back into bars uh, date stamp or... this is recorded on april 4th if things get yes. much worse or much better in between in the probably like month that it will take me to edit this that is yeah. you are not allowed to judge us <laughs> yeah absolutely uh yeah it definitely felt like Oh, first off, cases are spiking downward until like this past week, frankly. Yeah. But vaccines, uh, I can apply to get a vaccine on the seventh in three days um, for ERC. Uh, I'm excited for that, and like, if I have a vaccine, will I feel comfortable? Will the etiquette be? Oh, you have a vaccine. I have a vaccine. We can go to a party together. Like, and how big a party can it be? Is there still like? rules against that will i will i honestly like have hey hey i'm having a party my place anyone come over who has a vaccine like is that gonna be a genuine thing first off in terms of uh on one end of like am i gonna be comfortable having possible strangers in my apartment Mm -hmm. Uh, and then on the other end of things uh is that too strict like is it too loose is it too strict i don't know i'm i'm from like saying this stuff out loud right now if I were to have a party, uh, I I think I would need people to have vaccines. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know how strictly I would like enforce that. Like, yeah, you're a stranger in my apartment. Can you just like show me your passport vaccine? Like, I just like or or whatever vaccine passport that's might get created soon, right? Yeah. 
is that, is that something I'm going to do? Like, hey, I'm going to kick you out unless you show me show me your papers. Gosh, you know? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and I, I on on my side, actually, hmm, related to the potential super spreader event for my grandma's hundredth birthday. Um, the yeah. the that as well as some of the sort of the other stuff around uh, the last six months has highlighted the degree to which it is less or the degree to which I'm doing a similar thing that the people I would have criticized are doing around I'm doing exactly what I am comfortable with doing um, in terms of like pandemic safety and stuff like that. The difference is most of the time I'm comfortable wearing a mask and most of the time I'm comfortable just not hanging out with people. Um, but there are circumstances where it's, it's, it's back solving from the, like, I am more comfortable not making a scene at this party than I am yeah. trying to yeah. enforce, you know, stuff like that. Um, and, 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 and yeah, sort of reckoning with it. It's like, it is not, it, my decisions are not stemming from the epidemiological risk factoring. It is stemming from more what do i want to do it just so happens that what i want to do matches with what's generally been relatively safe so that'll be interesting in the world of vaccines of like what changes what is different what do i feel comfortable doing and especially i'm thinking now i will probably be more i i always knew i would probably be more comfortable with doing various stuff partially because i like to be contrarian towards people on twitter who are being very vaccine or being very covid shamey um and to be like no when i get a vaccine i'll totally go to a bar whatever um if only because it'll piss off people who are yelling about that on twitter but at the same time i'm like clearly it's more what do i want to do and a lot of the time what i want to do is stay inside so i don't know yeah that's that's uh not me yeah i have a big apartment that uh i want to have parties in yeah and met my neighbors last night who also have a big apartment and they have a porch that I feel like I'm friendly enough with them now after last night that I could be like, Hey, I'm having a party. Can, if you're having a party the same night, can we all go out on the porch and like hang out there? And that's also a part of that too, of like, Oh, pre COVID times, I would have been like, hell yeah, that's what I want to do with my neighbor. And then now I'm like, Oh wait, what are their etiquettes on? Because they just like, they, they, I invited them into my apartment to like, look around. They said they wanted to see my apartment. I didn't think that, oh, they're going to stick around and talk. Yeah, yeah. And then they did. And like, we didn't say no. And then it just kind of happened. And like, so I can tell that they probably have a little bit less strict, uh, you know, impression of it than I do. So like, yeah. there's factoring in there too. So will they kick people out if th- someone doesn't have a vaccine? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I know that my apartment is going to be good for parties, both because it's pretty close to Wrigley Field. So like, it. I, I think my I could see my apartment being a fun Cubs game pre and post game place. Um, and also, I know that it's good for parties because uh, there was a Cubs game yesterday when I was stopping by and unloading stuff. Uh, and my upstairs neighbors were in fact having a party. Um, a, a hey. party. So I'm like, <laughs> All right, I know the place is well situated for it. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. I. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I am generally, I think, putting vaccine as my stopping point or starting point for more, you know, out there in risky behavior. 
Um, yes. But in, including, uh, uh, she doesn't listen to this, but if she does, yo, uh, Instagram crash that I'm DMing with, um, who's moving to San Francisco this summer. And so we're like, okay, yeah, we should go get, uh, get a drink before I leave uh, after we're both vaccinated. And I was like, all right, vaccine. Come on. Come on, Lori Lightfoot. We got to be getting those vaccines before before Instagram crash moves. Um, uh, if I will not, if redacted name is listening, yo. <laughs> Go Whipple. <laughs> I don't know if she has a boyfriend or not. <laughs> oh. She did and then has not, but I knew she did as of a year ago. Yeah. But I've not seen, I have not been quarantined pod together. So I don't know what that means that it is, you know, what's up? I have a TikTok, uh, a TikTok crush um, that I'm not sure if she is. Uh, uh, gay or bisexual or I mean it's TikTok so like mm. sure I mean she could be bi or pan or something in fact else, it's, okay? it's like, TikTok yeah that's that's even more likely I'm saying that based yeah. entirely just on the TikToks that I see coming on my feed which is mostly because I'm friends with a lot of bi people who are posting TikToks about being bi so Fair enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I have I have I've seen a TikTok it seems like is a place that aggressively tunes its feed to specifically whatever you only see oh, yeah. your very small slice of it um, and so you learn a lot from seeing what are the tiktoks that that your friends post on twitter it's great i like it speaking it's of twitter twitter cool. fucking sucks it's a bad website <laughs> no one should be on it um <laughs> that's something that i've been sort of wrestling with a little bit more in particular that like i mean i don't do anything so i'm on the internet and thinking sure. about the internet a lot and reading other people who are on the internet thinking about the internet a lot ryan broderick in particular extreme shout out his garbage day newsletter and content minds podcast very good if you're someone who wants to think about the internet too much um and hear about the <laughs> bad things that are happening in a funny but thoughtful way yeah just like especially in the last these first few months of the year it does seem like how much Twitter specifically is geared towards a very corrosive type of discourse, particular type of discourse around like people, things that are uh, basically no one should have a non-private Twitter account because the thing that is bad about Twitter is that you can tweet a thing and then it goes into someone else's social circle and then that makes you get harassment for a year. Uh, And like that is the way Twitter functions and that's that that it just is the way that it works which is also part of why i think i stick around it because i do have a private twitter account and so it is more fun because i can kind of ignore a lot of that other stuff and i'm not at risk of it being bad but oh man it's just such an unpleasant place to be if you go outside of your bubble i am glad that i am not a part of twitter yeah as as something that i had like regretted for a bit and then I, i i'm back on the good decision that i made to never start yeah and some of it, I'm sure it is the like everything I was talking about of like, it's easier for me. Twitter is a social lifeline in the pandemic, but it's a social lifeline. Yeah. It is it that it's a bad social lifeline. And if I didn't have it, I would do better things. Or is it that it's necessary? And if I didn't have it, then I'd be even worse off than I am now. I don't know. Yeah, that's definitely something for me of like my social lifeline has been um, like, I, I have an internet community that I'm like, very uh much a part of that you know has been has been great and has been a part of my life uh that has grown over the past period of time during quarantine um and it's 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 been very interesting to see how it grows and changes and and fluctuates for for both better and worse like you know as communities do and especially as like new communities yeah. do um, 
And that's been something that like, I've never been a part of an internet community before. Like I'm, I'm obviously on the internet a lot, but uh, I use Reddit. Like I, I don't feel a part of different communities in Reddit. I just like browse it, you know? Um, this has been one of the first times I've ever felt uh, invested into a community before um, that wouldn't have happened without quarantine and yeah. like has been a very crucial part of my life during quarantine. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. We shall see. Um, anything. So I, I do want to do another, like, what do you think is going to happen in the next six months of quarantine thing? Uh, but anything else you want to talk about before that? Hmm. Not really. I don't think so. Okay. Okay. So one, I mean, we're not vaccinated, so the pandemic is still going to be ongoing. Uh, so I, I will propose we do another six month check in. Hopefully that can be the last one, but we'll see. Maybe it'll change. It won't be quarantine specific anymore. Ooh. Okay. Well, regardless, I, I want to keep doing them until we consider the pandemic done in yeah, some form absolutely. of done. So at least one more. But interesting side note hey let us know if you would like us to keep doing yeah. more of these sorts of check-in episodes it, I mean, they're easy we just t- literally i mean all we do is just talk yeah. to a mic uh, bullshit about stuff for you know one or two hours anyway now we get to do it without even having to like watch a movie so uh yeah it's great. <laughs> um but that being said what do, what do you think what do you think is upcoming in the next bit of Ooh. pandemicness um at least for um, the next six months if not longer yeah, I think, uh, I mean, people are going to get vaxxed. Well, so this is also America specific yeah. because like I've, I've been talking, some of my coworkers work in uh, Ukraine um, or even Canada. Like they don't have vaccines as much as they do in America because mm-hmm. uh, America is America. Um, so I know my friend in Ukraine, friend, my uh, coworker in Ukraine um, had said that he, they're not going to be getting it till like October or something. Oh gosh. Uh, maybe not that far, but like, I remember being like incredulous. Um, cause I'm American and like my whole world surrounds around America. Cause that's what Americans do. Mm-hmm. Uh, no exceptions. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in terms of America specifically, I think we're going to open up a lot more. Um, I think, I don't know if clubs are going to open up. I think people are going to be able to go to sit down bars. I'm going to be able to go up to a bar and sit down at the bar uh, and order a drink from a bartender um, within the next six months. Yeah. That might be bold. I don't know. I think, listen, listen, the last time we said that, like we were, true. we were, confident. we were so confident. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, but I'm in the same boat of like, I, find it very hard to believe that that wouldn't be the case yeah. at least in the next six months. Yeah. I think the summer is going to be nuts in hopefully a really good way. And hopefully yeah. a roaring bacchanalic <laughs> way. Um, but, um, it's going to be, I love my new neighborhood and yeah. it's, it's going to be great. Yeah. I'm going to be. Oof. Yeah. I know. I, cause I, yeah. Cause I'm anticipating, uh, well, Illinois is making the vaccines open to everyone on the 15th. Chicago is supposed to be making them open to everyone on May 1st. I'm on the I'm on the notification list for both Chicago and Cook County outside of Chicago to see what ends up happening. I could um apparently Indiana has removed their proof of residency thing and so a couple other people someone was posting in our work Slack that like, "Hey, you can cross the border over to Indiana and get it." So a couple people did that yeah. this weekend. 
we'll see. Maybe I end up doing that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, yeah, it'll, I guess that's also part of it is that like, I do feel, yes, there's the sort of herd immunity side of things, which is really important and is definitely probably going to have an impact on whatever our overall society wide thing is going to be like, but like when I get the vaccine, yeah, I'm fucking going to movie theaters again. I'm going to go to bars. I am not going to like the most that I will do is wear masks in 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 yeah. various places um and then certainly not around other people that are vaccinated so yeah. um it definitely know, interesting wearing masks indoors like i'm trying to think like how far i would go like yeah. if i go to a, a grocery store am i gonna be wearing a mask in there yeah probably if i go to a movie theater i don't know yeah, I mean, if I I'll go, follow whatever the rules are. I, I think they're probably still going to oh, have those rules, stuff like that. But yeah, I'm going to keep doing the masks on airplanes thing, though, um, because well, that just seems like a good idea. Like, I, hey, it turns out, you know, people from Asian countries who have been doing that since SARS were right. Yeah. It is good to not get us I do hope uh, masks stick around uh, in general. Yeah. Like, I hope if you're sick, you wear a mask, and that's just like a a nice etiquette thing you do, you know? Uh, I love that no one can see my face when I'm just walking around. It's great. Yeah. What, the flu cases went down dramatically? Yeah. Like, like an insane amount. Yeah, we basically because... didn't have a flu season this year. Yeah. Um, crazy. Some of that, I think, was supposedly because of travel, because usually what happens is that the flu basically yeah. ping-pongs between the northern and southern hemisphere, and there just wasn't enough travel to make that happen. But I'm sure masks and social distancing was a huge part of that as well. Yeah, I think everything's going to open up relatively. I think it's going to be like what you're saying, wild bacchanalia, roaring twenties. Like, especially I, since I, it'll I be summer, start. it'll be nice. Oh my god, I'm I'm like I'm ready. I'm I need to figure out just like I honestly, it's going to be probably going to be a point where like I'm going to go to a bar on my street and I'm just going to invite people, like say, hey. I've been talking to like 10 people or some random group of people. I, f- I feel like the amount of times I'm just going to go up to strangers and this is going to be completely acceptable and just start hanging out with strangers. Yeah, that's a weird it's thing like, that I miss so much. And I wouldn't have thought I would miss is I, I, I miss going to parties. Obviously I miss meeting random people at parties and then getting into a long drunken conversation with them. Like that is a, that that's something yeah. that I have not done in over a year. And I think that's going to like, people are just going to be, so much friendlier about that and just in general and like it's just gonna happen yeah oh i hope so i hope so i am really excited to go back to a movie theater that's something that i've I've been missing a lot i mean i've been watching a shit ton of movies but like not being able to go to a theater for i mean i could go so theaters are open now that is something that like i guess actually hmm, that's one thing to make me feel a little bit better about all the stuff that i was being emo about this episode around like oh it turns out i don't actually care about the virus it's just that i don't want to hang out with people and i'm using it as an excuse clearly that's not entirely true and part of the counter examples to that is that like i love going to movies alone anyway i still haven't gone to a movie theater alone even since it's they've been open for the last couple months because that still feels you know eh, risky so for sure Something I'm super excited about is when plays are going to be coming back. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, the last play I saw was uh, actually off of your recommendation. I think you oh, turned yeah. me on to uh, Six the Musical, which is a rock concert and a half. What a play um, to go out and on. My last, yeah, my last play was the final preview of Six. My friend, she was like, hey, are you free Like after work today? 
Um, and I was like, eh, I'm feeling like a little sick. It's definitely not COVID, but like, I don't really know. It's like, well, how, how bad do you feel? It's like, I, I, I could do something. I was just going to go home and play video games, I guess. It's like, well, for an early birthday present, I have two tickets to uh, six and we went and it was amazing. And it was oh, fantastic. God, yeah. I still have a piece of confetti from, cause they showered the audience in confetti after the show was over. Cause it's that kind of show yeah. um, on Broadway. And it was, ugh. yeah, that play fucking rules. Um, what was the last? Yeah. I'm looking at my spreadsheet because, of course, I have a spreadsheet. Um, what was my last play that I saw? Oh, I saw Roe at the Goodman Theater in January. So I, yeah, I had a couple months that I didn't catch up on uh, before things closed down. Oh, and I saw Dance Nation before that. That was weird. That was, I mean, it was a good play, but it was that's one I've been wanting to see forever and. I wouldn't say necessarily hell. It it was so much stranger than I thought it was going to be in a way that was good, but also made for a weird dissonant experience because it's just a play that I'd heard about for years and had built a picture yeah. in my head that it did not match. Yeah. Something uh, that I I might miss of, uh, so I've, I've started a and I've started, I've joined a and d campaign for the past almost year now of like strangers and like they're not strangers anymore, clearly. But, you know, as time goes on, I'm going to be getting more social and I'm going to be, be doing more acting stuff. Uh, I'm going to want to leave the house and I feel pretty confident that I'm going to maintain this D&D campaign, but it's going to get more sporadic maybe, or I don't know, it's just going to change. Uh, and like, I had time during the pandemic and like, I don't know if I'm going to have time as much anymore. Yeah, actually, that's interesting. I similar sort of feeling in a weird way of all the stuff that I haven't been getting done that I then, then theoretically, hopefully won't have time to get done when I am actually able to be social and stuff again is like I, I haven't been doing really any woodworking since last summer. But and partially being that like, oh, I'm going to Seattle, so I don't want to start any projects. Oh, I'm going to move. I don't want to start any projects, blah, blah, blah. And then now it's like, well, but I hopefully will be too busy to start any other new projects. And, and I don't know, it's that weird thing of, of, yeah, not feeling a little bit bittersweet about hopefully, I guess it'll be a good problem to have to be so busy doing other fun stuff that I couldn't have done for a year that I can't do stuff that I could have done, but was putting off during the year. It's, uh, it's been interesting. The way how things will change. Indeed. Indeed. Mostly for better, but, the things we will lose will be sad. Yeah. It does feel like it. So interesting. I think partially due to just personal circumstances in both of our cases, uh, that first episode was a lot of just like, Oh my God, this is so fucking weird. Um, and we're just losing our minds. Second episode was a lot more like, you know, this is strange, but I think we're in a good place, but we're still going to be forever until we're out of this. Now the vibe seems to be, we're both really pretty optimistic about the future, which is cool yeah. and different. We're both also going through an acute, bad period of time, kind of not pandemic related. Um, yeah. <laughs> in particular, the time that we're recording this. So like net net, we're probably not as in as good of a mood or in as good of a vibe as we were six months ago, even if, everything outside of acute non-pandemic circumstances is better yeah it's it's uh yeah it's very interesting i'm very positive for the future uh, it's weird it's like trying to divorce it's like trying to talk about life in general versus your own life 
and how we are planning to to experience our life in general as as like hosts of a podcast and how things are going to be versus like this is what's happening right now in my life yeah which is also very important for what's this specific podcast that's main that is mainly that is just about us <laughs> yep yep yeah it's 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 the perils of being wildly successful content creators like ourselves um yeah. it's, it's so hard sometimes. yeah um anything else alex wade on this supersized covid episode still shorter than a rise of skywalker episode though oh my god wow i don't think so nothing if you want to hang out with us when you are, are vaccinated and join our, our Roaring Twenties Bacchanalia, ooh, I should come to New York once I'm vaccinated. I'm, I'm oh, going to make yeah. a plan to do that. Um, you can email us at the AW Club. That's T-H-E-A-W-C-L-U-B at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. Um, part of my being mad at Twitter was I decided to start tweeting more just regular shit from the AW Club account um, because that seemed like a fun bit. So. I'm going to keep doing that. Uh, it may be actually worth following it because there'll be more than one tweet every month announcing a new episode uh, at the AW Club. That's at T-H-E-A-W-C-L-U-B. You can also go to our website, theadub.club. That's T-H-E-A-D-U-B dot C-L-U-B, where you can find our topics guide, which has a list of all the different things that we've talked about in various episodes that you can click on and find the episodes where those are referenced, as well as our starter guide, which is a handful of episodes that we think are really good if you enjoyed this. Um, they're all very different than this episode because they're ones about topics, but you know, it can g- give you a sense of what we normally do on a month, which is still just sort of blather on for an hour um, into something that's loosely edited. But the difference is it's about like a TV show that we watched. Um, you can also then of course, listen to this podcast, wherever fine podcasts are found, whether that's Apple podcasts, Spotify, or Google podcasts. And I believe that's it. Also, uh, Blackpink put out an album and a movie oh, and shit. a uh, live perf- recorded live performance since we last recorded. All three were very good. Albums, solid. Uh, movie, I've watched four times in the five months since it's come out. Mostly because it's kind of just fun popcorn viewing and it's a really easy watch, but it's also very good. And it's technically the movie I've watched the most according to my Letterboxd profile. Um, and, and yeah, gah. Blackpink's really good. I've started getting into Twice a lot in the last couple months, which has been a nice improvement. Because hey, that's good. They Blackpink's still my favorite, but certainly Twice and Red Velvet are, I think, better groups in the. Um, hey, I mean, what, yo, what, 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 what was our question? Yeah. What makes good music, or something like that? Was that what our yeah, thing was? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, they're better, and by almost every metric, other than I love Blackpink so much. I mean, listen, when KDA's songs are better than Blackpink's entire album, like, I'm sorry. Okay, like... Yeah, I I, la- <laughs> I actually do like the album a fair amount, other than, like, one and a half songs, um, but... Sure. But... But what if, like, an anime League of Legends characters uh, can beat you? You know, you gotta take your L's. Eh. Occasionally. Yeah, this okay. is... Okay, 
hey this is the thing that can go at the end of the episode this is great um because uh, everything no i never want to know that (laughs) whatever that's fine um the the, (laughs) hey you'll you'll have to know that because you're gonna have to listen to this episode and 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 let me know if there's anything else that you need me to cut out um uh including that bit which i i will probably cut out unless i make that the end of the episode um uh blackpink and blackpink's album in particular it, especially the fact that it came out at the same time as the movie as well as like they had the live show and stuff like that was all sort of in a similar period of chunk has highlighted that for me the extracurriculars of k-pop is equally if not more so important than the music of k-pop um and like i think blackpink is a there's no world in which blackpink could be your favorite group if all you care about is the music because it's good and in some cases great but it's kind of like okay it's 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 middle of the road um on average um or upper middle of the road on average um but if what you care about is like how they are in interview shows and like the narrative and like the relationship between the people and the the all of that sort of extracurriculars top of the charts they have like four clear personalities they equally are like no one of them is the leader like they are are incredibly fun and weird and bounce off of each other and in all of their off-camera stuff so i think yeah the uh blackpink has been very crystallizing in me especially with the movie the press tour and the album all coming out at the same time then i'm like oh okay it's a mediocre album and incredible extracurricular content and that is what makes me love this band so much yeah okay i, I can vibe with that i, I don't follow the extracurriculars of blackpink so cannot comment but i understand yeah, yeah. it's good shit it's good shit rose had her solo that came out last couple weeks mm. it's fine okay. it's all right it's very rose um and better than jenny's solo <laughs> pouring out for jenny's solo <laughs> oh my god what a bad song <laughs> I have not heard it from like two years ago, and it's literally called Solo. And oh wait, no, I love Solo. Solo was great. Oh, no, thank you. No, thank you. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, I was joking with a friend of mine on Twitter when the movie came out um, that I was like, "Oh, because Solo features in the movie," and I was like, "Oh, I think this is the third time I've ever heard the song Solo." Is me watching the clip of her performing it in this movie um, oh. because it, it is not my bag. I was a big fan of that, but you know, you can you can be wrong. Hey, that's, fine. that's the 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 I don't know, whatever. <laughs> we've been literally I, we've been doing it's this two long. hours, yeah. more than two hours. Yeah, my, I, I was noticing. So I do a backup recording. Also, the backup recording is two hours and forty six minutes. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I, I okay. forgot to pause that one during our our, our cutout bits. So. Yeah, so that's fun.